0: In today's episode, how to make the most out of LinkedIn, and you might be able to afford a home sooner than you once thought, and I will be explaining why New Year's resolutions are stupid and six tips to setting goals. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. I am the CEO of Age of Radio, the co-founder of Age of Radio, the CFO of 3T Warrior Academy, and the co-founder of 3T Warrior Academy. So go check out our YouTube channel or go check out our website at 3TWarriorAcademy.com. You can also find us on YouTube at 3 T Academy by just typing that bad boy in. And you can also check out our Behind the Leans 3, Lens 3T channel. 3T Behind the Lens. And for Age of Radio, just check it out at ageofradio.com. If you are new to this channel, this is all of the trials and tribulations and journeys and fun times and things that I learn throughout my life as I build businesses and create generational wealth. So sometimes it might be about business. Sometimes it'll just be about wealth, whatever I want to talk about, because it's my name that's on the podcast. So that being said, I would also like you to check out ageofjeremy.com. I've been revamping the website. I've been learning HTML, CSS, and JavaScript for that and for a special project that I'm working with for age of radio. And if you want to be more involved with the community or the age of radio community, you can go to Facebook, type in addicted to podcasting and join our addicted to Pod- podcasting Facebook group. You can also on the age of Jeremy.com website, check out my latest blog. I forgot to mention that before I started talking about the addicted to podcasting Facebook group. So That being said, there's all kinds of great stuff that I have going on, so make sure to follow me across the social media sphere. You can check me out at Age of Jeremy wherever you get your social media, except for on Twitter. It is Age of Jeremy Q, and one of the things that I've been talking a lot about on social media and I have been posting much more on LinkedIn is LinkedIn. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about why I feel that LinkedIn is going to be a really great place to be in 2023. Well, one, I came across an economist article that I'm going to read some stuff from. Uh, but before I do that and talk a little bit about what the economist thinks of how you can make the most out of LinkedIn, the fact that there is an article about LinkedIn is very important. And they've mentioned something in here. Um, uh, it mentions a little bit about social media and career development typically don't mix, and doom scrolling, um, Elon Musk tweets are getting sucked into the latest TikTok craze, and they do not enhan- exactly enhance your work prospects. Okay, so that's a that's a that's a an excerpt from this Economist piece, and the reason why I bring that up is because I think that. If you're on Twitter, you're getting sucked into usually a bunch of shit, right? And then it depending on your ability to not get not get into arguing about stuff on Twitter, right? There's usually there can be a negative experience on Twitter. TikToks is like videos and fun and all this stuff. Um, Instagram is a mixture of everything really, but there is real, no nice place to have good conversations. And I think that one of those places that you can have those conversations on LinkedIn, I don't know if you know who Lex Friedman is. He has a PhD, um, uh, from MIT. I think he actually teaches at MIT. He does a lot of stuff on artificial intelligence. He has his own Lex Friedman podcast. I follow him on, um, on LinkedIn, he, I don't mind listening to, um, he looks at things from an analytical perspective and I enjoy, um, maybe not listening to his podcast all the time. Um, not, not because I don't enjoy it because I just don't have time for it, but I interact with him on LinkedIn and I enjoy that. And the conversations that we have on yeah, there's some, there's some negative things that can go out about it, right? Depending on who you are and what you say, but it's, it's, it seems like you can have a better conversation, a more professional conversation on LinkedIn. So that's one of the reasons why I think LinkedIn is going to be a big place the second reason is they are continuously making LinkedIn better. So there's LinkedIn live videos. There's LinkedIn, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's essentially like a uh, Twitter um, spaces, but on LinkedIn, um, lots of businesses do lives from there. Uh, there's the ability to create blog posts from LinkedIn, have newsletters from LinkedIn. And I think there's an opportunity for content creators and business is people and professionals to utilize those um, those features and, and make it a part of your brand or your personal story or content creation that you do. And so I think that we're going to move a lot more into that, that realm as more and more things get stupid out in the other social media realms there's going to be people that want to have this professional piece of it um and i think that microsoft is doing a really good job creating that there's also like linkedin learning that you can go and learn like skills and if you have microsoft teams or microsoft vivo or viva sorry viva you can move like you can have that linkedin learning integrated in your microsoft teams so i think that we're going into this new realm of how we learn and how we integrate and how we educate and uh, I think that it's going to be a really big year for professional development and professional social media and if you don't know LinkedIn was founded in 2003 in Silicon Valley as a platform for professional networking it was purchased in 2016 by Microsoft for 26 billion dollars that is right 26 billion it has become a fixture of corporate cyberspace with more than 800 million registered users worldwide it's 171 million American members outnumber the country's labor force high school students are creating profiles to include with their college applications so that's another piece where we're going to see it get bigger and the chances are you probably have one is very very high if you have a professional you know I guess like a, if you're trying to establish yourself in the professional space, you probably have LinkedIn. If you don't, you should get one and you can definitely follow me on LinkedIn at age of Jeremy. And I'm trying to integrate way more stuff into LinkedIn because that is a big part of my social media strategy and plan for the future because I plan to do this forever. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but that's what I plan on doing for right now. Um, so for those of you who have yet to link up with LinkedIn, the first and critical step is fashioning your profile. So if you don't have a LinkedIn, it's really good that it's really good time to, to go and do it. So first you want to choose a good photo. You want to think something that's visionary. Uh, a visionary resolve means empathetic authenticity. Next, you want to list your educational and professional history. Remember, you don't want to go too trivial, right? We we want to select something that's very professional and that's meaningful and and that someone else would want to know. So make sure that it illustrates that you are a winner from a tender age. So you don't want to go down to kindergarten, but you want to, you know, do the things that have, been a part of your educational and professional history um, from when it actually started to really matter, which I would say somewhere around, say, high school. So armed with your profile, you can't get down to business and begin creating your network until you have around 500 or more connections in your profile. Um, Okay. So I don't, I think I have like 300 or so connections. I converted mine over to creator profile, which is where people can like and subscribe you. So I have about 400 and something, you know, followers now on LinkedIn. And it's been growing really real, especially when I can get the video to work. I will say this one thing that i am disappointed is in is in the video the video does not work very well for my phone maybe it's my phone maybe i don't know what i'm doing one of those two things but i will just give you that as a a caveat okay so One of the things that you want to use LinkedIn for is you want to kind of utilize it the way that we have thought of how we should use, say, Facebook, right? When we want to connect with a person that is a distant relative. So let's say you have a cousin that's a distant relative. You never reached out to them on Facebook, but they had mentioned that, you know, your mom or someone mentioned that, oh, you should connect with this cousin of yours because they work at like, in the example they give in The Economist, Bank Capital in Boston, Um, but it could be anywhere. Um, You want to reconnect with those people inside of LinkedIn and build that relationship that way because it creates a very good reconnection point and a network starting point because friends and family are the ones that are most likely going to help you along your career so even if you recall only like the first name of the person that you're thinking about and the company that he works for what's really cool about this is LinkedIn's algorithm should be able to let you track him down with relative ease now if you're, an, and this is an example from the Economist article, and there's going to be a link to that article in the description below. But let's say you're an analyst at Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Connect with every analyst in J.P. Morgan, Chase, Morgan Stanley and UBS. Don't worry, they are thinking the same thing, so they are likely to oblige. While you are at it, you might as well approach everyone with a pulse at Goldman too. If a higher up, best of all, the CEO happens to accept you have struck gold. Um, that's the bo- The boss's existing connections will treat you as more of an equal. Those desperate to get one degree of separation closer to the top dog will come begging and your neck will work will explode. So one of the biggest focal points that if you are there's that staying that always frustrates me because I don't think that it should be this way and it is so rather than fighting the power I'm going to move with the power and that is that it's not what you know it's who you know it should be about what you know because that's why a bunch of fucking idiots are in charge but it's, but it's not. So you need to play the game, right? So if you play the game, you can't get played. And that's why it's important to start building a network and building good relationships with these, you know, they don't have to be like your best friends, but with your connections so that you can build bigger connections. So when you're trying to grow and do something, you have people that you can talk to. So that being said, the next thing that they recommend in this Economist article is flaunt your every success. LinkedIn is to white collar workers what Instagram is to fashionistas, a way to present the most envy provoking version of yourself. Okay. So if you have something that's going on, or you're at an event, or you won an award, or you achieved something, no matter what it is, make sure that you are celebrating it on your LinkedIn. One of my posts that got and not like a million, like tons and tons of comments, but for relative, for the amount of things that weren't getting comments before and likes, when I put on there that I was happy or that I was able to create my first blog post using my own HTML and CSS, that got more likes and more engagement than most of my other, you know, posts where I was just saying whatever the hell was on my mind. And so, or when I say, Hey, you know, I dropped a new podcast. This one is really good. Or I'm you know, getting to do a um, interview with someone that's famous. I haven't done that yet, but let's say I did those things more than likely will get more engagement. It doesn't mean that you have to go and keep getting like certificates and all this stuff. No, but you need to flaunt the successful things that you're doing in life and what you're doing and post them on LinkedIn, because those are the things that LinkedIn likes to see. And those are the things that other people in these in the professions or in the um, professional sphere like to see, because then that encourages them and motivates them. And so they're going to comment about in in that regard, because a lot of the times when it comes to the professional people and the people that are business oriented or the people that are going to be on LinkedIn, they aren't so negative, even though they can be, they aren't as negative as you usually see when you are on other social media platforms. From my experience, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm saying that I seem to feel, and see more, um, optimism when it comes to just everyday people, encouraging people, not when it's like a big personality and they say something stupid and then they go after them or a big corporation. I'm talking about just the people. Now, if you want everyone to know that you were a speaker at a big event, a regulatory form, attach photos of yourself on the podium and then own it. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Not like you got a new degree or you got this new certificate, but if you like, I'm going to be doing more stuff with the Glendale chambers of commerce this year. When I'm doing those things, I'm going to be, Hey, can you get a picture of us doing this or a picture with me with this person? Cause then I can put it on social media specifically on LinkedIn. And that's how LinkedIn actually grows because it's a professional bragging place. Okay. So again, If you don't want to get played, play the game, okay? Play the game so you don't get played. And just like any other social media platform, the more that you go and interact with the platform, platform, the better it will be because you get to meet new people and they network and you can connect with them and build relationships. There is a book that I had to read in college. I recommend that you read it. It's called never eat alone. I don't know if it's been updated. I it came out like in tooth, when I started ASU, it had been out for a while. So this had to have been 2006, 2007. Um, and I think the book maybe came out in the maybe 2005 ish, time. I don't know. I don't know if it's really been updated since then, but it's a fantastic book about the way in which marketing and networking is the most important part to growing a business. And I recommend that you read that because it is super, super important to realize that it is who you know, not what you know, which may be difficult for a lot of people. But again, go set up your LinkedIn account. Take some of the advice that I put in um, this conversation. Go look at this article of The Economist. that tells you a little bit more of what to do. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Don't just do it because I'm telling you. Do it because you want to do it and get enjoyment out of it. All right. On to this Business Week article. This is great and horrifying news. U S home sales dropped by a record 35% in November. The drop is the biggest since online brokerage. Redfin started collecting data in 2012 U S home sales plummeted at a record rate in November as high mortgage rates crippled demand. Purchases dropped 35% year-over-year, according to a recent report from Redfin, marking the largest decline since the real estate brokerage started collecting data in 2012. A separate report found sales that have previously owned homes fell for a 10th straight month in November, the longest string of declines dating back to 1999. The Federal Reserve's attempt to tamp down inflation this year have brought the housing market to a screeching halt with high borrowing costs sidelining potential buyers. It's a drastic shift from the buying frenzy early in the pandemic that prompted bidding wars and drove home values through the fucking roof. The cool down has spooked sellers who are slashing prices or taking homes off the market. The median U.S. home sale price rose just 2.6% from a year earlier, the smallest increase since May 2020, according to Red Red Finn News listings also fell twenty eight new listing, not news listings. New listings also fell twenty eight percent year over year. The largest drop on record aside from april twenty twenty. But there are some signs of a relief with mortgage rates recently fa- falling for the sixth straight week. Fewer home purchase agreements were canceled in November and mortgage rates are expected to continue their downward trend in 2023. The Red Redford support said, I don't know if I necessarily believe that because we have to get this inflation under control and one of the best ways to do that is increase interest rates so my prediction is that they may be right they may be wrong i think that interest rates are going to continue to rise but what i would recommend to you uh, is that if you do not have a home and you have the, you want to purchase a home, this would be a time to figure out a good plan to get more more jobs if you can. That might be difficult in a recession. Start a side hustle, start a business while you're working your forty hours a week. If your wife has a job, figure out how to pay out debt. Save, 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 save. save. And as these homes come down, you might be in a really, really good spot. Really good spot to get your first home, second home or a mortgage or whatever the case is right now is a good time. Billionaires and millionaires are made during recessions. Just keep that in mind. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. All right. We are back. Hopefully you heard some advertisements. I always feel weird saying, I don't never know what to say when I go into ads because I'm not reading them and I need a spot. And like, this is a pre-recorded thing. So I usually just say, we'll be right back. And then hopefully the ads are playing because I put them in afterwards. That's what's great about the software that we use from Megaphone by Spotify until we make our own software to compete with them. But for right now, that's not the case. So we're using them and we've used them for a long time. I'm a big fan of Megaphone. Not a huge fan of Spotify, but whatever. Um, I'm not part of Spotify. I pay them to use a product so I can say whatever the fuck I want. All right. So that being said, I want to talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions. So why do I want to talk about news resolutions? Well, this is should be January 3rd. When you're listening to this bad boy, I'm recording it on January 2nd. I need to do better at recording these over the weekend or the previous week. But hey, little by little, it's progression, not perfection, baby. Progression, not perfection. So that being said, I don't know why I said baby. That being said, I want to say the news resolutions are fucking stupid. And here is why. Not the goal setting and the resolution part that's stupid. It's that we have created an arbitrary time of when we hold off making a difference in our lives for the better a goal or a resolution should be done whenever you come to the decision that that thing needs to happen. And I think that this is one of the biggest reasons why people fail is because my, me and my mother were eating today. We, we went out to lunch and she said, hey, did you make any new resolutions? I said, no. Most of my goals, when I reset them or if I um, add anything to them, it's either when I figure out that I need to add it Or I relook at my, when my birth year is, I was born in October, I relook in October and I say, Hey, what did I do with this? Oh, that didn't go really good. I need to be more accountable on this, this year, my birth year. Right. And then I add anything that I need to do, or then I add the stuff that I've been adding in throughout the year because goal setting should be a regular part of your life. It shouldn't be this arbitrary part of life when you just decide that you need to make a change because one of the things is you could realize that you need to make the change and say October and say, Oh, I'm going to make it a resolution. Well, the biggest one is health, right? So if you want to get better at something in your health, just start today. Just start tomorrow. It doesn't have to be a weird plan. Just say, Hey, I know that I can make this time. I'm going to make the time right now. I'm going to do it. Now I get that there's lots of stuff that happens in people's lives and it's very difficult. I am not saying that it's not difficult. What I am saying is that do not make excuses, find ways to make things happen. and again, I'm fortunate because I don't have any children. I just take my niece to school and occasionally pick her up from school and she kind of takes care of herself the rest of the time. Other people have little babies and children I get it. it's a lot more diff it's more difficult, difficulter, more difficult. It is very stressful. I get that. but when you have communication with another person, Or there's lots of places like EOS. They have a place where you can drop your baby off if you are comfortable with those things. There are lots of options when it comes to the health resolution. And because of that, there's lots of options for the other types of resolutions that go on. I had when I was in graduate school, one of the girls, she and she was she communicated with us. She told us up front. This is what was so miraculous and spectacular about being open and honest with people is she told us that she you know, had her job. She couldn't meet until like these times of the day because she had her kids. And this was the time that she was able to make happen so that she could study and do these types of things. And I we said, okay, we understood that because we were all working adults and doing shit with our lives. If you have open communication with people, you will be surprised at how willingly people are able to help you. And I know a bunch of you out there are probably like, you know, making excuses and, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to say it's not hard, but just try, try to look at it and find the solution. Um, but again, there's lots of other different types of things besides the, the goals that I mentioned, like with health, but my point is, is that when we set this arbitrary date, or we say on Monday, I'm going to do it, or on Tuesday, I'm going to start that, or on Wednesday, we start that. That's how we just push things off. Wherever you are thinking that you need to change in your life right now that you've known, start doing that thing tomorrow. If it's meditating, if it's praying, if it's going to church, church, you might have to wait till Wednesday or Sunday, depending on how often your church goes. If it's going back to mass, if it's, you know, learning a new game, if it is spending time with your kids more, if it's saying no to your boss, do that tomorrow. If you just do it and get out of the way and have the conversation and start the activity, it will start to get better and better. And there's things that you can do that can help with this. And this is, comes from a blog post that I wrote on my ageofjeremy.com website. So go to ageofjeremy.com if you want to read the whole thing. But these were some of the bullet points that we did, or I we did. I wrote it that I talked about with, with the, on the blog. And so identify what you want to achieve. That makes perfect sense, right? Identify what it is that you want to achieve right now. Identify what you want to achieve, write it down, right this moment, write down the end result that you want to accomplish when it's all said and done right now, do it right this moment. Make your goals specific and measurable. Okay. This is going to be different based off of the goal. This works well by trying to assign a number or a measurable inter- indicator to track your progress. So like if you're trying to lose weight, you could say, okay, two and a half pounds a week. That's the first part of this thing. That's the measurable part. The specific part of this is if I, wanna, if I want to lose 2.5 pounds a week, that means that based off of the calories, I have to reduce my calories. What is it? 500 calories. 3,500 calories for a pound or something like that. Hold on. Let me look that up because I don't want to give you wrong. Don't want to give you wrong advice. All right. I still got it. It's 3,500 calories. So you're going to, if you want two and a half pounds, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to reduce that 7,000 calories a week with appetite, with appetite, with um, diet and exercise. Okay. And how you calculate that when you're done with that, you then say, okay, this running Weightlifting, I'm gonna do this three or four times a week. I'm going to reduce my calories this much by doing this. And you set a plan in place. That's that's how you do more of the specific thing about it. I think sometimes when we think specific, we're like, okay, 2.5 pounds is measurable and it's specific because it's number. No, specific. The end goal where you want to be, how are you going to get there? Or the specific activities that you are going to do to get to that spot. So maybe actually it should be make your goals activity based, specific, and measurable is maybe what it should be. And maybe people would do better at it, right? For me, like I'm coding, trying to do, trying to code my own thing. So like the, the, the activity piece of it, right. Every week I'm going to, or every other week I'm going to code my own blog. I'm going to practice CSS and HTML, go through this one book, an hour, uh, or half an hour a night and two hours on each of the weekend nights. And then once I'm done with this book, I'm going to move to JavaScript Right. And in the meantime, I'm going to use you learn how Figma and Adobe um, XD work to be able to draw out the front end. Right. So I'm specifically doing all these things to get to a point where by a specific date, I have the at least the 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 front end concept and most of the code drawn out of how I want my app to be for this special project that I'm working on. Okay. So <clears throat> the other thing that you can do, and I put this in the, the blog article, I give an example of a scorecard. This is what I did with my scorecard. Um, sorry. So you do what's called a balanced scorecard. So in the blog post, there is a score scorecard. So at ageofjeremy.com, you can click on that blog post and it gives a brief example of what a scorecard is. Okay. And it's where like you have the goal, you have how much of it you did, and then the percent that you did to that goal. And that helps keep you accountable. Okay. So I'll talk about it a little bit more in a second. So then the third thing is set deadlines for your goals. Making sure you have a timeline drawn out can help you stay motivated and on track. It can make sure that the deadlines are realistic. Don't give yourself the three weeks to lose 50 pounds when you should only be losing about two, two and a half pounds a week, or maybe even one pound a week, okay? Then what you want to do is break down those goals into smaller steps with achievable milestones. This is more so of where you're going to like draw out the activity piece of it, right? So what are the smaller steps that are going to get me into this? Okay, well, I have to, with my coding case, and then I'll, you know, with my coding piece, I need to practice every night. So from 10 to 11, I'm going to practice or 10 to 1030, I'm going to practice wherever I'm at in my CSS and HTML book. Once that's done, then those times are going to be for JavaScript. Okay. Then I'm going to have a set time on the weekends to go over the Adobe XD stuff. Then I'm going to have a set date of when that Adobe XD stuff should be finalized. And I can actually show it to people and say, Hey, this is what the full what I want to look like and then get feedback what I want the app to look like, then get feedback and then be able to move forward with that. Okay. So when you're doing that, you're breaking these down goals into smaller steps with achievable milestones. The example that I gave in the blog post, which again, you can get at ageofjeremy.com is that I know in January, I want to have two new blog posts. So that will be one milestone in February. I want to do another two blog posts. However, after that, I might set a third milestone. So like, for instance, it would be for Q1. I want to have seven blog posts complete, right? So it would be January 2, February 2, Q1, you know, seven in totality. Now that's three milestones. So the first one is the two blog posts in January. The second one is the two blog posts in February. The third one are the seven blog posts by the end of Q1. In this way, I'm not thinking of, I'm now thinking of it in smaller chunks. I'm not thinking of it in this larger piece, but then I'm moving to these larger pieces in on top of those smaller pieces to create realistic milestones so that I know I'm moving myself forward, right? So then like the fifth step is tracking your progress. This directly ties into the scorecard example, right? So you keep track of your progression. So in the scorecard, and again, you can see it online is that like in January, I want to have two blog posts. If I only do one, then that's only 50% of the goal. I'm going to look at that at January. So then I can be looking at it and be like, okay, I didn't meet this. If I'm trying to lose two pounds a week, I should be measuring my weight every week or every two weeks. In which case, if it's two weeks, it should be five pounds. So then I can say, okay, I'm not making these, I'm not making the the smaller milestones. Why not? And what can I be doing differently to make sure that I am getting them right in the future? Okay. Or what can I do differently so that I know that I can, you know, get back on track and, you know, meet the actual goal that I'm trying to do. And what you'll find, or at least what I find is you sometimes don't make it, but what the accountability piece does is it makes you look at it so that then you can say, okay, what didn't I do and what could I do better so that you could start moving forward And start meeting the actual goals occasionally and then you'll start realizing that you're getting better and better at it and then you can extrapolate these you know these activities and um, the concepts that you learn along the way and then put them into other goals that you're trying to accomplish in your life right okay so and then the last thing is you want to celebrate your achievements So you want to take time to celebrate how awesome you were doing. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I did a really good job. I was really proud of myself. I need to go back to that blog post. Um, It is up. It's at ageofjeremy.com. I've said that like nine times, but trying to get that stuck in your head Um, is that... Um, it, there's some error probably on it. I was going to try to reread it today. I didn't really actually mean to launch it. I was trying to figure out how to get it to show up with how I have the blog post section in the WordPress site, but I coded the whole thing in visual studio code first. Um, and then I put it into an HTML tag or block inside of Elementor. And then I made the other necessary adjustments utilizing the code editor inside of Elementor. And to me, that was a fantastic achievement. So I celebrated that to myself. And then I celebrated it to LinkedIn and hopefully people, I'm imagining people are going to say great stuff, right? And so, you know, just how they did when I said that I'm starting to do it now that I finished it, they should say the same thing. If not, I want to keep doing it because eventually it will start getting more traction. We usually stop things too soon. And that's then the reason why is because we get setbacks or in this case, we fail because the first month, maybe we're not, we don't lose the two pounds every week in these examples, or maybe in January, February, I only put one blog post out, right? I haven't done a blog post since 2020, but I'm still now it's 2023 and I'm doing more blog posts. You have to keep going. Um, and, and, and sometimes you will start and stop, right? But then the next time you do it, you'll go longer and eventually it'll be a thing where you're constantly doing it or you start getting the willpower because you've been creating willpower over the time where, you know, that on Monday night at 7 53 PM, I know I need to have a podcast out for Tuesday and I'm so committed to getting two out a week that I am recording this right now because I enjoy it one. So this, I don't mind because I'm enjoying it a lot more talking and doing it the way that I'm doing it right? And secondly, because I know that it's so important to something that I want to achieve, even if only seven people listen to it, right? In December, I, we only had like three or 400 downloads for this podcast, but that is almost twice as much I had than three months ago because I started doing it consistently and it's going to keep growing as my social media keeps going as I keep doing call to actions. So you want to celebrate those things. So celebrate your achievements. There is nothing egotistical about being proud of your accomplishments. Only if you act like a fucking dickhead because of it. All right. So don't give a fuck about New Year's resolutions. Just when you want to make the change, when you want to make the goal, think of these things, identify what you want to achieve, make your goals specific and measurable, set deadlines for your goals, break down the goals into smaller steps with achievable milestones, track your progress, and celebrate your achievements. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked this episode, make sure you like this episode and subscribe to this episode in your favorite podcatcher. I'm going to say that again in a few seconds, but remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind, and we will talk with you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Age of Jeremy. Once again, make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it. If your podcatcher allows you to, please, please, please leave a five-star review or leave a one-star review. Just leave a review. I really, really appreciate it so I know how I'm doing and what I can do better. And it also helps get the show out in front of more and more people. So I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. The opening song is brave faces everyone by spanish love songs the closing song is illuminati hotties threatening each other re capitalism i use neumann microphones i record on a zoom l8 to q based software remember be thankful grateful and kind and we'll talk to you next time bye